Hi everyone, welcome back to our podcast. Today we're going to talk about real estate professionals and who you should think about hiring and having in your corner for uh, either buying or selling homes. Uh, our lovely office manager, Marianne, is going to ask us some uh, of the most common questions we get, and we will do our very best to answer them. This, this is Marianne. Yes. She will be uh, acting ask like God and asking us the questions. Yes. So if you hear a voice coming from above, it's not God, it's just Marianne, who's like our God. But She is our God. <laughs> so these are some of the questions that we get asked that Marianne gets emailed, texts and stuff about from our podcast and from our other social events. Yes. So we thought we'd just do and a podcast. And if you have on. any questions that you want us to answer in later podcast, please uh, just send them over to us and we'll do our best to answer them all. Admin at johnson-team.com is Marianne's email and mm-hmm. she will get those questions answered for you. How do you choose a real estate agent? You go to johnson-team.com. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, well, I think to choose the right real estate agent, there's a number of things that you should be uh, doing and questions you should be asking. Uh, the obvious one is is their experience. How you know? I think it's it's you should interview them and mm-hmm. you should ask them some questions as far as how much business they do every year. How many how many deals have they done? Do they do typically? Uh, not for bragging rights or anything like that but you want to make sure just like if you're having surgery you want to hire somebody who does this on a day in day out basis not once or twice a year uh, just because um, you know when you're doing something routinely regularly you're you're sharp you're skilled at it Um, nothing should surprise you and again I think we're in a review society I uh, five years ago probably you you know you were always on me about check reviews check reviews and I just wasn't Google reviews I just wasn't that guy and now um, what I've realized is that you know Google reviews you can't false falsify Uh, we have north of well over 200 and um, what's great is that you can't you can't falsify them so if their Google reviews are there that's independent people that have given their advice on that particular person yeah if somebody had 10 reviews they're probably you know friends and family Mom. they're really not <laughs> um n- not very active yeah. and also you, you know i was in a tim hortons the other day and it was it was just it was nasty the service was bad the, the poor people were trying to to work their rear ends off they didn't have enough coverage enough staff and then the lady said to me would you mind leaving a google review because it'll be a way of the seller getting or the sort of oh, the wow. franchisee Did owner the staff yeah the staff asked me to do that and and i thought wow that that is a powerful way because obviously the owners mm-hmm. tim horton's company the owner, the franchisee, yeah. are probably paying attention to that. So, so I did. Yes, and, and, uh, and also, also uh, it comes down to who you're most comfortable with, obviously, as well, because this is a big, big thing, big journey you're about to embark on, and you want to have somebody that you're comfortable spending a lot of time with, some someone you're comfortable being honest with, mm-hmm. uh, and and knowing that they're going to do their best and protect you and and fight for your uh, interests. And you know, when you speak to the honesty. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody might have debt that they want to pay off or sometimes you know we've had sellers that we said you know what it doesn't make sense for you to sell yeah. there's just you you are kind of your plan doesn't make sense to me yeah. so why don't you regroup and you know stay where you are cuz just because somebody you think you want to sell once we go through the stuff yeah, and figure out it's not always the right no. decision and and yeah. to be honest with you it's just saying same thing with the buyer they're 100% more lots of times we'll show a buyer a home and we have to make sure we point out whether it's a good we think it's a good purchase Mm -hmm. for them exactly yeah 
As a buyer, why would I want to use a real estate agent? What are the pros of using a real estate agent as a buyer? As a buyer? So, uh, well, as opposed to doing it yourself, so a, a buyer's agent does many, many things, but uh, obviously, first and foremost, they they have a working knowledge of your the area that you're interested in, the current market, um, so they're going to source out properties for you as well and, and find you good options. Uh, when it comes time to negotiating, I think that's the biggest um, impact that a buyer agent would have because if you want to compare that to buying privately, for instance, uh, it's very uncomfortable for me to go as a as a person to you and it's your home that you're selling and now I'm going to negotiate face-to-face directly with you. That's very awkward. It's yeah. very difficult. Um, it's emotional for me too. It's emotional for you. It's just a bad mix altogether. So you really need that independent party, I feel, uh, both for the buyer and the seller, obviously, like ideally. Um, to, to negotiate the terms because there's less friction, less emotion. Um. And then you, you also have somebody that's in your corner that's representing you. you if you're going to have a divorce, you're not going to, you know, use this. You're not going to try to, you know, negotiate it for yourself, or you're not going to, you know, have some a divorce lawyer that's representing both parties because no, obviously because they're, they're independent not for interests. That's right. And the biggest thing I, I say to people is if you've ever tried to list anything on Craigslist or Kijiji, and you list something for a dollar and they offer you ten cents, well, that's the same thing where they, where you were speaking to the emotions because mm-hmm. people don't want to face-to-face say it's listed for a million I'm going to offer you 800,000 yeah. because the seller then gets gets upset and says get out of here I don't want to yeah. hear it well, with us as real estate agents we take that burden when we're going in lower than asking mm-hmm. price we take the hit and then we tell the buyer okay this is what the seller said but we take the emotion out mm-hmm. of it so that we can be logical because if people have their house up for sale majority of the time they want to sell yeah. if people are putting an offer on the seller's house majority of the time they want to buy yeah. so you know we just make it we yeah make it there's happy also for them. fiduciary duties that that we always have as agents to do proper homework for you provide you with comparable sales in the area give you our opinion our advice throughout the way construct the proper offer with the right clauses that you need if there's a swimming pool or whatever the need is there's all kinds of things that we uh we need to look out for and and put in the offer to protect you so i think uh, for a buyer it's it's very important it's a difficult thing to do and and risky thing to do on your own Mm -hmm. and and the biggest thing is is that for a buyer the service is free and now as a seller why should i use a real estate agent instead of trying to sell my house by myself for example, like for sale by owner. Yes. So for why a seller needs an agent is there's umpteen things, but obviously we uh, we price the home, we bring them a comparative analysis and help them uh, strategize the best price and the best strategy to get the home sold uh, fast. We get uh, staging involved. We do pre-home inspections. We do professional photography, video, all that kind of stuff. To, to put it out to the marketplace to give it the most exposure and the best exposure possible. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, we a, a big part of it behind the scenes is our collaboration with other agents as well. Like when you've been in the industry for 20 plus years, you know a lot of the agents that work the area. Uh, we do a lot of uh, behind the scenes collaboration with agents and just sort of promoting the property to them. Uh, in you know holding open house just there's a lot that goes into it and then I think when it comes time to the negotiation which I've already touched on it's much more effective when you've got an agent 
to agent negotiating versus a seller directly to a buyer or even a seller directly to a buyer's agent um, is never ideal. Yeah, and, and again, it talks to exactly the thing. It takes the emotion out because, again, these people sometimes have been in their house for 20 years. There's a lot of emotional stuff. Like, when I look around my house when I have, you know, our our kids yeah. all on that board well, where we have we all the Well, we had heights. to sell our own house, remember? Yeah. And, like, years ago now. But we were realtors selling our own home, and we were terrible Oh, we were, the wor- we were the worst it, people going. We should have never... Because it was so uh, yeah. wrought with emotion yeah. and you, it, it, things that you just normally wouldn't have. So you don't have the objectivity or anything else. So I think uh, you do yourself a disservice to yeah. not I use agree. a professional. Now moving on to another important member of the uh, buying and selling real estate team. Mm-hmm. What does a real estate lawyer do and why should I use one? You can choose one, you know, by by referral. We always uh, we have a professional directory of, of real estate lawyers that we like that our clients have all, all tried and tested and been happy with. And that's um, how they get on the list. The client has had to have yeah. used them and had a good experience, and that's how they get on the list because they also get off the list if there's yes. anyone that has a, a sure. poor experience. Yeah, and you have to use a real estate lawyer. Yes, you you have to. Um, they do different functions for different things if it's a condo that you're purchasing that that's a little bit more in depth than the house because they have to go through all the financial documents of the uh, corporation and make sure they've got uh, you know healthy reserve fund that they don't have any liens or judgments that are going to be a concern they'll review um, rules and regulations pets all those kinds of things uh, so they so that you know what you're buying into the buildings in good condition health uh, like financially um, so, but aside from that they they um, do title search make sure everything's gonna close with no hitch they're the seller's lawyer they receive the funds then once the funds have been received they um, pay all the you know their bill the real estate bill any they discharge any mortgages all that kind of stuff and then they give you a net check so uh, it's you need to you can't do it without a real estate lawyer but uh, they do have a, a good purpose in the whole thing and and again do you have a real estate lawyer is the key word because law lawyers mm, can practice true. any law lawyer is a lawyer just it depends on what, yeah, what it's not part complicated of the, but if it's not if yeah. you're not used to real estate yeah, we had a criminal lawyer that was doing a favor for his brother, and he didn't know anything he was doing. He's probably a great criminal lawyer, terrible real estate lawyer. So just, again, use somebody, just like we were talking earlier, use somebody that practices law, just like, you know, they practice they practice real estate on a, on a full-time basis. Make sure they're a full-time real estate lawyer, and they don't do, you know, other things. Yeah. And how much does a real estate lawyer cost me as a buyer? Uh, for a buyer, you're probably looking at fifteen hundred to two thousand, and that includes title insurance. And title insurance mm-hmm. is an important part of of the legal fee that protects you for um, if there's anything that let's say for a common thing is a fence is built on the neighbor's lawn. Title insurance will protect you so that the, the, if the if it is, they'll take down the fence and put it on your mm-hmm. property, a garage. Yeah, a good lawyer would never allow you to purchase without title. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty much done. <clears throat> I know, you know, probably ten years ago it was fifty fifty with people using title insurance is a no brainer. Everyone yeah, would do it. Absolutely. And and speaking of title insurance, I'm sure you've seen on the news lately that two people had their houses sold while they were on vacation. Title insurance protected both of those mm-hmm. uh, those. Although people for. That should never happen. No, one hundred percent. But that's a whole other yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, 
Yes, so I hope that answered the question. I, we always encourage our clients uh, when we give them the names, call and get, they will, they'll give you a quote, the lawyers over the phone. So And I wouldn't I would go with the cheapest, I wouldn't go with the most no. expensive, probably somebody yeah, in the middle. Because again, it's it's a pretty simple transaction, but it also could go sideways. So you want somebody that's yeah. been around the block. And times. sellers typically would be a little bit less because they have, like I said, it's less involved with probably uh, a thousand, the buyer's lawyer does a little bit more than, yeah. What is a home stager? Do you need to stage your home as a seller? Uh, I would say usually yes. I mean, there are definitely homes that we walk into sometimes where it's absolutely, you know, designer lives there and it's beautiful and, and whatever. I still usually have my stager go through and just do a consultation because there's still sometimes things that she sees with her eye that she might uh, change around. But typically, uh, most people, I mean, I would certainly stage my own home if I was selling it. But um, so, yes, they're very important. It's, uh, they, it's home stagers. A lot of people um, make the mistake. They don't understand the difference between a, a designer and a home stager. They're very different. Mm -hmm. Designers will work with what your um, what your tastes are, what your likes are, what your vibe is. They really get to know you and and um, and build things around your taste. Stagers are the complete opposite. Stagers are there to make everything as neutral and vanilla as possible, uh, not in a boring way, but just in a way that transcends um, everybody. Like, you know, it's gonna it's gonna appeal to as many people as possible. And the, the thing is, again, you got to remember, real estate is a very emotional feel. You know, when I'm working with buyers, I tell them that you know we might have to see 60 or 100 homes, but when you walk in the home and your stomach feels like this is the right one, then that's telling you it's good because it's it's not it's not like a pair of shoes. Yeah. This is an emotional purchase, and you want to be emotionally attached. Yeah. But on the flip side, when you walk into a home and there's all kinds of family photos and all kinds of you know personal. Mm -hmm. the personal stuff then that has the opposite reaction because they oh this is somebody's home yeah, oh I don't want to yeah, exactly yeah. because they think oh I'm stepping on or you know they you want to think that they're going to make their own dreams they don't want to see other people's dreams or yeah. realities of and what's people happening. think oh staging doesn't work you know the furniture doesn't come with it they think that but it absolutely works I mean I would you, say 10% yeah. increase you in value you walk into a, a room that's beautifully lit it's nice and clear it's neutral colors it just has this great sense to it or walk into the same room and it's cluttered and it's messy and it's over packed with stuff and it's got weird colors it's a different feel altogether same yeah. as if you were selling your car you're going to sell your car you're going to take it and get it you know detailed and waxed and smelling yeah, nice the and best. the tires exactly. is shined up and yep. everything because somebody's going to you know go and buy that car and think wow this is I can see myself in this whereas mm -hmm. if you just I mean yeah, so and, just throw your car out there and the stagers are not all the same. We work with a stager that actually rolls up her sleeve and gets her hands mm -hmm. dirty, and we'll put up, put up pictures and and help move clutters. Some stagers go around with a checklist and and give it all mm -hmm. to the seller. So we try to take a, a, a lot of the work out. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, staging is is very very important. Even with vacant homes, I would say vacant homes um, is surprising because everybody thinks that the rooms are going to look so much bigger. Yes, when the furniture is removed and it actually has the opposite effects the rooms shrink and so furniture placed in the right way really helps people visualize uh it's funny because i've had i've shown vacant places where you it's just, you know the size of the room and people are like oh i don't think the bed and the two end tables are going to fit but they definitely fit yeah it but was if funny you stage um, them and you've got a queen and two end then it eliminates that altogether so furniture 
helps to give it the room functionality and yeah and it always the bottom line is it sells faster and you yeah. you make more money and Definitely. that's part of our job as real estate agents is to try to get you the most amount of money in the shortest period of time with the least hassle in your house yeah. um and just to, to to put a cherry or to finish this off i just had a client that was when you speak to vacant properties she had to map out everything so she got tape and figured out everything <laughs> to see if it fit because yeah. she just could she not visualize it probably because it, it was 100 percent. what is a mortgage broker why wouldn't I just use my local banker? Nothing wrong with local bankers. If you have a bank that you really um, are confident in and they're giving you a great rate and taking care of you, by all means, you can go to your banker. Uh, we tend to like to work with mortgage brokers for a number of reasons. Uh, namely, they, um, they're they they're accessible. I mean, we always joke about we all joke about banker's hours, but it's a real thing, right? I mean, if you if it closes, you're not talking to that bank here, banker or banking person until the next workday. Whereas um, mortgage brokers, I mean, unfortunately, real estate never falls in a, in a box of any timeline, right? It's, it's always uh, it's outside of usually office hours. Right, so uh, if we we need to talk to um, somebody about the finances at 9:30 at night, well, you're not talking to a bank then but we can usually call our mortgage broker at that time of night so that is very helpful plus they uh they're very good at like again the banks tend to be uh, in a, it's got to fit in a box typically yeah, right they, that's just the way their mentality to, to their... is whereas mortgage brokers will look at the file package the profile to to uh, meet the needs of the lenders they know the lenders they they're not married to any one particular lender so they're going to research they're going to get you the best for you you know if you you have a a goal to pay it off quickly they're going to really make sure they get you in a product that there's no or few or lenient um prepayment penalties all kinds of things like they'll and they'll just package you the right product so yeah I think they shop you around to 50 lenders that's yeah. that, that's the way I look at it and they get you the best opportunities the best rates and the best you know plans or, or ability to what to, to what your goals and needs mm. are and if they don't get you the right deal or the right the right opportunity they don't get paid so yeah. until they deliver it they don't get paid and I like working on that because I like people yeah. that have skin in the game so they're also, working for my best interest not the bank's best interest. yes I always also find with um Mortgage brokers are great because they are self-employed. They're just like us. And so uh, the mortgage brokers, at least that we use, uh, when they put somebody into a variable rate, they're very good at keeping in touch with them and keeping them up to date with the rates and, and yeah, changes. Yeah, prime example, with the interest rates going up to between March and now, they got all kinds of calls our clients saying, yeah. now is the time to lock into that rate because yeah. we foresee so. this going there. So that's a very yeah, good so. point too. Yeah, so I this this is the other thing that happens too is that I have a client that's pre-approved with the bank because they have a great relationship with the bank. They like the bank, the bank, the bank, and then they tell me the rate, and I think, hmm, that rate sounds a little a little high. Maybe you should get it, you know, second opinion. a second opinion with 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 our one of the mortgage brokers we partner with, and um, and and sure enough, it's like 0.75. They don't give you the discounted rate. Then the guy goes back to the bank, and then the bank matches the mortgage broker's rate and that well they were willing to screw you why would you give them but they haven't earned your business mm-hmm. like the, the banks make a ton of money on interest on uh, mortgage. mortgage yeah so you know give it to a bank that that appreciates your business what is a home inspector and do i need one both as a buyer and a seller yes and yes mm-hmm. um so 
first of all, for a seller, we have always done pre-listing home inspections for most of our listings, at least. Um, especially in the the uh, competitive climate that we were just in, at least it, we felt like that we were providing the buyers with some peace of mind to be able to go through a report and see uh, what the professionals had to say uh, because they very often when it was multiple offers they didn't have that um, luxury of doing one so now that the market has uh, changed at least more favorably for buyers in that regard we're seeing home inspection conditions come back uh, which is good news for buyers and definitely you should get a home inspection a home a good home inspector will uh, at least go through all the main mechanics of the home I mean really you're looking for major things we're not looking for little things we usually tell people 1% of the purchase price you should put aside you should expect in miscellaneous expenses approximately uh, it's really big things that we're looking for because we're not buying a brand new home there's gonna mm. be things uh, for sure if we did a home inspection on our house right now there's there's gonna be stuff but it's not it's big stuff you're looking for foundational problems um, water roof problems. asbestos mold anything like that uh, a good home inspector is gonna find um, and so I definitely think if you're spending hundreds of thousands millions on a purchase of a home, you should definitely spend on average 500 plus ish on a home, ins a good home inspection. Yeah, and, you, and and again, you're buying a resale home. You're not buying a new home, mm -hmm. so you should expect. I always tell people one percent of the purchase price and miscellaneous things. These are things that you don't have to do today, yeah. but you you should do. You know, when we bought our house, the home inspector, you know, went around this stuff and said, you know, this plug this hole out here. And of course, I didn't, you know, because <laughs> I'm Mr. Handy, not. And it was $2 fix, but it cost me $550 or cost, cost us $550 to have PCO come to get the wasp out. Had I done that miscellaneous fix, Years which ago, still, yeah. you, you know, and I think that's the thing. But that's a small thing. It's yeah. really big things, and I think that's. The but that's the things that home inspectors will find. Like, yes. like again, yeah, a there's a long list, list yes. of small things, yeah. and again, you, you make a plan to do it. Mm -hmm. Had I done that plan that I advise all my people to do. And they, you learn um, things in a home inspection too, right? They're going to show you where the shutoffs are and um, what. They what, walk you around the house for three hours. It's phenomenal to, do, yeah. to spend like three hours in the yeah. house and just learn about the house. And, yeah. and especially Plus it gives you a chance to go cars. back and, like yeah, you said, you know, spend a couple hours yeah. in the house again. Exactly. So that wraps up our podcast for today. I hope that helped answer most of your questions. Thank you, Marianne, for uh, facilitating that and yes, asking all you. those great questions. Again, if you guys have any questions that you want answered in future podcasts, please send them to Marianne at admin at johnson-team.com. And we hope you join us next time.